Hey, what's up everybody? So good to have you here tonight. Good evening, if you're watching with us uh, live right now, just a special welcome to you. And uh, I don't know if maybe you're watching later on uh, the next day or, or whenever, but uh, if you're live right now, so good to have you. Isn't, isn't this incredible? We are doing online church, and so you can sit uh, on your couch or at your table, uh, wherever you, you're finding yourself, coffee, um, water, uh, Bible, out, um, just a really just incredible thing that we have the ability to do this. And so let me just say on the, the front end of all of this before we dive in to the talk tonight, and I'm really excited about our talk, but um, we, uh, we, we, I, our team, uh, we just miss everybody. And so just on the front end of all of this, don't know how long it's going to last, but really miss seeing everybody and looking forward to and really praying um, that this would come to an end uh, swiftly uh, and that we'd be able to get past this. Um, as I was thinking about um, our talks that we're going to be doing, and, and obviously we've kind of pivoted from our meta narrative series and moving into um, a new series, and, and just the the really felt anxiety that I know everyone, um, that I know ev everybody has. I mean, I, I, I got online on Google, and um, I, I was typed in. Listen to this. I typed into the Google search, "What does the Bible say about?" And you know how it fills in, how the, the browser will fill in for you? The first thing that came up is, what does the Bible say about plagues? Uh, was the first thing. This was actually in front of divorce, sex, marriage, and tattoos. So apparently tattoos is a thing for people uh, in the Bible. But I don't know there's ever been a time um, in, in the history of, of, of at least Google uh, where what does the Bible say about plagues being the top search engine. And I think that, I think that serves towards seeing just, um, not just the felt anxiety that everyone's feeling, but what, is, what does God have to say about this stuff? And what does the Bible have to say about um, these types of things? I, I pulled a news article. This is dated Sunday, September 29th, 1918, from uh, when the influenza pandemic was going on. This was the cover of the Boston Globe. Uh, it says this, on Monday's front page of the Globe, called it, here's the title, The Quietest Sunday Boston ever saw. And it says, with, with cars largely off the city streets and worship services and other public gatherings called off, uh, Boston's largest newspaper observed uh, that there was less for the citizens to do probably than any other Sunday since the old Puritan days. And so it's, it's fascinating to see um, that, that, man, that was 1918. It's 2020. And the, the same uh, the same type of title could be said uh, for not even just Sunday, um, but for every day uh, in Boston. I don't know if you've, you've seen the news or the videos, but it's just a, a quiet town out there. And again, I think that speaks towards our desire to protect and care for people. But I, I think it also speaks towards um, the, the fear uh, that we have. And so, so the idea and where we're going to be going, since we've paused on the meta narrative, we're, we're looking at for the next few weeks together, however long this will be going on, is how do we move from from here to there? How do we move from our current state, where we are, to, to where we're going? You know, I, I, uh, one of the things I love to do is run. Uh, I mostly run so that I can eat more and so that my pants will fit. And, but, but one of the keys to running, so if, you've, if you're a runner, you know this already, uh, or if you aspire to be a runner, then maybe this will be helpful. But one of the things that's a key in running is thinking about the end of the race and thinking through how do I get to the end of a race. And so you're thinking through the turns and the, the hills, you're, you're thinking through any potential um, obstacles that you're gonna hit, especially if it's on uh, kind of a race day. Uh, one of the keys that experts would tell you 
to, to getting to the end of a race and to doing that well is to, to visualize and to think through um, all, the, all the potential turns and hills, downhills, all those various aspects. And so in order to finish well, you have to think through how do you get from here in the beginning to there um, at the end. And so that's what I want to spend our time talking about is how do we move from here to there. And so tonight uh, I want to talk about how do we move from fear, from being people who are full of fear to being people who are full of faith. And so we're going to be in uh, Psalm chapter 88. And so if you have a Bible, uh, go ahead and turn there. You can also queue it up online as well. You can see where you can pull it up. But this is Psalm uh, chapter 88. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read it uh, and, and just read this for us. And then we'll kind of dive in and talk for a bit and see what it has to say. So this is what it says, starting in verse 1. Uh, Lord God of my salvation, I cry out before you day and night. May my prayer reach your presence and listen to my cry. Now this is, uh, this is a, I should have said this on the front, this is a super dark psalm. This is actually uh, one of the darkest psalms in, in all of, of scripture by a guy named Haman, uh, Haman, uh, by a guy named Haman. But let me continue on in verse 3. Uh, for I've had enough troubles, and my life is near Sheol. I'm counted among those going down to the pit. I'm like a man without strength, abandoned among the dead. I'm like the slain, uh, the slain laying in the grave, whom you no longer remember, and who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest part of the pit, in the darkest places, in the depths. Your wrath weighs heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all of your waves. You have distanced my friends from me. You have made me repulsive to them. I am shut in and cannot go out. Hello, that's right. I mean, that's a little bit. He's speaking truth there for us. Verse 9, my eyes are worn out from crying. Lord, I cry out to you all day long. I spread out my hands to you. Verse 10, do you work wonders for the dead? Do departed spirits rise up to praise you? Will your faithful love be declared in the grave, your faithfulness in uh, Abaddon? Will your wonders be known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of oblivion? But I call to you for help, Lord. In the morning my prayer meets you. Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you hide your face from me? From my youth I have been suffering and near death. I suffer your horrors. I am desperate. Your wrath sweeps over me. Your terrors destroy me. They surround me like water all day long. They close in on me from every side. You have distanced loved one and neighbor from me. Darkness is my only friend. Now, uh, I know that you're, you're probably thinking uh, this is like the last thing that I need in this current climate and culture. Like I'm already feeling a sense of anxiety and you just read a psalm that is, is probably the most depressing psalm uh, I've, I've ever read, and I would agree with you. It, it is uh, a one of two of the darkest psalm in the scripture. And so what, why in the world would, would this be here? Like what, what value is there? Uh, because I was, th- I, I was thinking like, man, what do I, what do I bring before, before you? I mean, this is a, to be honest with you, this is a challenging time 
to, to try and pastor and, and shepherd people. I mean, we're all, we all have our own unique challenges right now um, with, with work. Some of you aren't working right now, um, and, and that's a, a major struggle. Some of you are trying to figure out how do you work from home. Some of you are trying to figure out how do you work from home with kids, and, and some, of you, uh, some of you are in the, uh, in the healthcare, and so you're going to work every day. You're laying, you're laying it on the line every day for us. And, and so this is, a, this is a very challenging time. It's a very challenging time to think through how do you pastor and, and shepherd someone. And so uh, I really felt, um, I really felt uh, like God called us to, to look at this psalm um, in this place for, for a reason. And so um, let's talk through that. Let's talk through why this psalm in particular, uh, I think, has some significance in it because it's very dark. Um, but a few thoughts here. Um, here's my first thought. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Um, darkness. We we just find this to be true. Darkness produces something significant in us that otherwise wouldn't happen. So when we go through periods of darkness, when we go through periods of suffering, it has a tendency to produce something in us that otherwise wouldn't be produced. Now, now, why do I say that? Well, if we're looking at the author um, of this particular song, his name is Haman. Uh, Haman is actually the grandson of Solomon. So Solomon is the son uh, of David. And, uh, and, and so what we understand and know about him is that he was an incredible musician, so had an, an amazing ability uh, to write songs. He had 17 uh, other children who were also musically inclined and had an ability to, um, to do that uh, well. And, and what we know about him is that um, he, he, in a lot of ways, um, had a remarkable faith. Uh, he produced not not just this song. There's other there's other uh, songs that he's produced um, for us. And so when when we're looking at him and you're kind of reading this, you're thinking, man, this guy sounds massively depressed. Like this guy uh, sounds like he needs to be put you know put put in a home. Like find some help. Like he needs to have a, a deep sense of counseling, right? Maybe you have felt the way that, that Haman has felt in, in this moment. And there's something, um, there's something about this that I, I read this and then I, I see what I understand about him and about his life. And I'm thinking, man, I, I don't know. We don't know what he's walking through. We don't know what's happened to produce this inside of him. But, but as a result, as a direct result, um, of this type of suffering that he's walked through, we know that from that he's pr- he, he produced um, incredible, incredible things. I mean, uh, his resume includes what S- scripture? Like it's in. I mean, we we can kind of we can kind of look at this and go, man, this guy seems out there. But the reality is, is that we're we're reading his psalm, we're we're reading his prayer in scripture. Like the darkness has done something and produced something in him that, that otherwise, honestly, may not have ever been there. And so here's our reality. Like we, we have a choice. So when suffering hits, when we have a moment like we're, we're having now, right, and it's hitting us all in different ways, um, we have a, a, a choice that, that we can kind of determine how we're going to respond when, when this thing happens. There, there's an incredible story in the, in the book of, of Job. If, if you go to that story, basically... Satan, the, the beginning of that, Satan and God are having this interaction with one another. And Satan, Satan says to God, people only love you because, um, because you protect them. Job only loves you because you protect him and because you give things to him. And, and he's only in relationship with you uh, because of the things that you provide for him. And so if you know that story at all, what happens? It, God allows Satan 
to take the most treasured and important things away from Job uh, in that moment. And, and we ultimately see Job's response in that. And we see that the suffering that Job produced um, something, or the, the suffering that was in Job's life produced something significant in him. And, and it also gives us a, a, an insight and a window into, man, when suffering happens, when it comes, I have a choice. I, I, can, um, I can turn from God and, and question, I can just question him and turn from him. Now, I think questions are okay, but I think there, there's a sense in which we can turn our back on him and we could do that. Or, or we, could, we could turn to him and speak with him. And we're going to get into this in a second, but man, we can turn to him. And we can ask him, God, can, will you, in this period, will you produce something in me? God, I, I, don't, I don't want this, to, I don't want this to, to be wasted, God. Can you, can you use my suffering to do something. See, we can we can look at suffering to justify unbelief, or we can use it to spur belief. Right? And, and maybe even now, we, we've been at this, what, a week, a week and a half. It's really beginning to intensify. Maybe even now, maybe in this the suffering that you're feeling now, um, maybe it's 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 taught you things already. Maybe, maybe God's already used this to teach you what it means to to trust Him. Maybe through this you realize you don't trust Him. Maybe you're so overwhelmed with fear and, and anxiety, right? Now, this is what we're going through now is serious. But maybe it's so overwhelming to you, right? So debilitating to you that, that maybe you've realized in the middle of this, you're like, I don't really trust God. And, and that suffering is doing what? It's producing a reality and a truth for you that you may have not otherwise um, would, have, would have ever known. That, 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 that's truly how you feel. Maybe, maybe this, this period, um, uh, God is showing that you have some, some unhealthy habits. I mean, we got more, we got more to, we're stuck inside with more time on our hands than we ever had. Maybe all of this through this, this collective suffering that we're, we're having, maybe God has shown you that you've got some unhealthy social habits. You've got, maybe, perhaps you've got some addictions that have risen to the surface as a result of the suffering and the isolation that we're feeling right now that, that otherwise you wouldn't have seen. Maybe you're like, man, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, addicted, to, I'm addicted to my phone right now. Or, and, and this is a pattern that seems to be, or I'm addicted to uh, relationships with other, I, I, don't, I don't know what your particular thing is, uh, but, but perhaps you've realized like, wow, I've got some unhealthy habits that have, that have essentially have, have risen to the surface. That 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 I now it's it's now I'm seeing like I'm seeing that this is a reality for me. See, there's something about suffering that produces something that otherwise wouldn't be there, and so we see this with Haman's life. We're like, man, we read this, but then we go, but yeah, we see the 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 direction of his life says so something vastly different than just simply this prayer. Okay, so darkness, um, so darkness has the ability to create something. What what else do we see from this particular Psalm Psalm 88? Um, darkness, I think this is so crucial, especially for where we're at now. Darkness um, it isn't always quick to fade. I mean, it, it just, it, darkness doesn't always just fade quickly. 
I mean, one of the things that sticks out about Psalm 88 that's so different than uh, most of the other lament psalms, and this is what this is, is a lament psalm, is it never, it never turns. So if you, um, I don't know if you listen to uh, on Thursday's uh, daily devotion. So I'm doing a, a psalm uh, a day right now, walking through the psalms during the weekday. And uh, so in Thursday's psalm, it was Psalm, um, psalm 3. And uh, in Psalm 3, uh, this, is, this is what it says. Um, uh, it says, many, so this is, this is verse 2. It says, many say about me, there is no help for him in God. That's verse 3. Or verse 2, uh, and then we get to verse 3, and it says, But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Now, what do we see in that particular psalm that we see in a lot of lament psalms? We see the turn. It goes from, many say about me, there is no help for him in God, to verse 3, but you, Lord, are a shield around me. You know what we don't see in Psalm 88? A turn. Ever. I mean, if you're, uh, if you're, if you're reading this, um, it, there's, there's no turn. I mean, it actually ends with him saying, um, they surround me like water all day long. They close in on me from every side. That's verse 17, verse 18. You have distanced loved one and neighbor from me. Darkness is my only friend. I mean, that is, that's it. One author um, says this. It says, the believer may be sure to have a good answer at length, but he must be instant and deal still with God for it. Now, this is what he says. He says, press it hard and patiently wait for it as Haman does. Now, what is he, essentially, what is he saying there? He's saying, man, the darkness doesn't always fade quick. It doesn't always end quickly. We, we, we don't see it in Psalm 88 for him. We don't, we don't see the, the turn for him. I, I, I think in a lot of ways, this Psalm is a gift for God's people. It's a gift for us because it, it, it sets um, our expectations correctly. Uh, I heard one pastor. Um, I heard one pastor was saying that um, say say uh, say you were about to walk into a room and someone said to you, "That's the honeymoon. That's the honeymoon suite, uh, or that's a that's like the presidential right palace." And so, say you walk into this particular room and and you're like, "This room is a dump. This <laughs> this room is not." I thought this was a honeymoon suite. This is not a, this is not a great room. Okay, well, say we take the same room and, and, and say I say to you, uh, you're about to see a prison cell. And so you, then we t- then take you into the same room. Everything's the same about the room. You walk in the room and there's a prison cell and, and you say what? Oh, this isn't so bad. You're like, I mean, this is, this is actually really not. Now, w- why is that? Like the room is the, room's the same, right? What's, what's different? Your expectation is different, right? So your experience was conditioned by your expectation of the room, and so there's something um, there, there's something valuable about darkness and suffering because because what does it do? It 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 helps us realize, man, I, it, it life isn't just if I do this this and this for for God, then everything will be okay. Like we can have that expectation. Uh, about life. It's like, well, if I do this, this, and this, everything will be okay in my life. And the, the reality is that that's, that's not true. Darkness and suffering help serve to, to reset, to, to help reset our expectation. 
to go, man, no, I live in a broken world. Like, I mean, if anything, this past week has, has taught us is that, man, we're frail people that we can't control. We can't control things like we would like to control things. And we don't know the end yet. We, we don't. The reality is we don't know the end yet. The experts, we, we don't know, right? And, and so it, that's a valuable thing for us. You know, one of the verses people love to quote is, um, is God works all things for the good of those who love him. And I love that verse. I think it's a, a great verse that God does work for the good or God works all things for the good of those who love him. That's absolutely true. But, but do you know what that implies? It implies that all things, that we're subject to what? All things. That he's going to work for the good in our life. All things means that we're subject to all things. That there's a potential for brokenness and, um, for brokenness and hurt. And so we see this in this psalm that, that the darkness doesn't fade quickly. Okay, so... What, what do we, so what's the encouraging thing about this word? Because maybe you're like, you're, you're like, dude, you got to give me something. You've got to give me, I need, I need something. Like I, I, like, I don't know if you've seen the news or social media, I need you to give me something. Well, maybe this, let me give this to you because I think this is, I think uh, some people um, would describe this psalm as a nightlight for those in the darkness. That's how pe- a lot of people will traditionally say, that Psalm 88 is a nightlight for those um, in the darkness. And, um, and so he, here's kind of the, the rallying point that I think is important. Here's the reality. We have someone to go to in our dark days. So Haman, if what we see about Haman is what? Haman, all throughout the Psalm, is petitioning God and communicating to God. I mean, we, we see, so um, Psalm 88, verse 1. I cry out before you day and night, day and night. Uh, verse 9, Lord, I cry out to you all day long. I spread my hands to you. Uh, verse 13, but I call to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer uh, meets you, right? I mean, all, all throughout the psalm, uh, we see Haman saying, I'm, I'm crying out to you day and night, God. Um, he, he, never, he never stops communicating to God. There's something inside of him that knows I can, I can communicate to God in my darkness. In my suffering, I can communicate to him, right? I mean, we're, we're reading this psalm, and, and I said it earlier, I think it is a gift to us because it allows us to see that, uh, that it allows us to see like, wow, I can pray real things to God. Like I can, I can genuinely say uh, real things to him, and and it, he hears me. Like I can bring those to him. I mean, look at look, verse ten and twelve of eighty-eight. Listen, what he listen how real this is. He says, "Do you work wonders for the dead? Do departed spirits rise up to praise you? Will your faithful love be declared in the grave? Your faithfulness in Abaddon? Will your wonders be known in the darkness?" or your righteousness in the land of oblivion. I mean, these are raw, these are raw thoughts from him. This is, this is real things to God in the midst of darkness and suffering. If someone stood up in our church and prayed this prayer, what, how, what would our response be? We would be uncomfortable. 
right? I mean, if I said, Haley, come on up and uh, come on up and pray for us. And then Haley got up here and was like, Lord God of my salvation, I cry out before you day and night. My prayer reached the presence. Listen to my cry. For I've had enough troubles in my life near Sheol. I am counted among those going down to the pit. You would go, get Haley off the stage and find her some help, right? I mean, wouldn't, right? I mean, that, that's at Haley. That's what we would do. We would say, you, we, would, we would pull you off the stage. Sorry, you're a great prayer. And, and why would we, like, if that's true, why would God put this in the scriptures? Why would he allow this to be recorded in the scriptures? Like, what, what does it say about our God that he not only hears these types of prayers, but he would allow this type of prayer to be recorded for us to see. Right? It, it, says, that we, it says that we have a God in heaven who wants to, to hear the prayers of his people. In, in their suffering, in their darkness, he wants to hear. He wants to hear from us. This is why we're, we're commissioning everyone. This is why we're doing uh, Thursday night or, or Thursday day, one day a week, while we're kind of consecrating, saying it to the side and saying, man, we're going to pray for 12 hours as a church. We're, we're going to ask him, man, until this thing is done, we're, we're going to ask him to do this. It, it's why we're, we're working out um, how to do kind of virtual prayer gatherings through the Zoom video program that, that Haley was talking about, working through, man, how do we, how do we just get together and pray? We, we know, man, we see in Psalm 88, like we, we know we have a God that wants to hear these desperate cries of ours. And so we need to bring this, we need to bring this before him. And so we're going to push you, we're going to push you into that. We're going to ask you to be involved in that. We're going to ask you to take time to do that and, and learn and, and, and grow into doing that. So maybe on Thursday you participated in that prayer time with us. That's great. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you're like, I'm not going to do that waste of time, right? It's too busy. Man, can I just, as your pastor, can I just challenge you on that? And just say, man, print that, print the paper off, print the guide off, right? Just maybe just write out the topics on a separate sheet of paper that you can take with you and keep up with you, uh, just easily keep with you. Let's be like Haman. Let's, let's have the courage and the audacity to speak real things to God and ask him in the, in the midst of our confusion and suffering um, to, to, hear from us. And so maybe, maybe this psalm, man, maybe this psalm has given you a language to pray in your despair. And, and you, can, you can pray this. You can pray Psalm 88 uh, to, to be able to do that. Maybe, maybe through the psalm, you're like, man, God, I need to, I need to be honest, more honest with, with you where I'm at, and I need to be more honest with others. Where I, maybe we can pray for you. Like, get, go online, go to gracecityboston.com or, or go on our Instagram and message us. Let us know how we can pray for you. I mean, we got to Listen, we're in this like digital age right now. We got to figure this thing out. We got to figure out how to how to be honest with one another and how to pray for one another and communicate with one another. Maybe maybe in this season, you need to lean more deeply into your prayer life. You need to shut out the 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 Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, the the news feed, the the email newsletter, whatever whatever it is. It's it's kind of filling your time and space. And, and your, the things that you're meditating on. And maybe you need to begin to meditate on the Word of God. You need to le- lean into um, prayer life right now in this moment and develop a type of, of language and a prayer life with God that you've never had before. We have, an, 
We have an incredible opportunity to do that now. I think that's become more evident to me than anything else, is that we have an unbelievable opportunity uh, in the midst of, of a lot of confusion um, and, and not a lot of clarity on, on what's, what the future is going to look like and, and how this is going to play out. We have an unbelievable opportunity to be formed as God's people and to serve and love our neighbor well. Like we have an unbelievable opportunity to be formed spiritually in this time. And so let me, let me pray for us as we kind of close out our time. Thanks so much for being here tonight. So good uh, to, I wish I could see you, but um, so good to have you. God, thank you. Thank you that you hear our prayers. God, you, you're hearing me right now praying to you. Like that's, that's the reality of our situation, God. You see each of us where we are, God, um, whether we're uh, by ourselves or with other people in our living room or kitchen or office or, or wherever we find ourselves, God, you see us. Thank you that you do that. God, would you continue to give us wisdom uh, as a church and as individuals to know best how to navigate uh, how to navigate these days? God, would you increase our capacity for prayer, con- uh, increase our capacity for reading your word, for journaling, for, for fasting, for loving our neighbor? God, that you would do something remarkable. God, and we want to ask you, God, would you end this thing? God, would you give our government wisdom? God, thank you for the healthcare uh, officials, so many in our church that are just laying on the line every day. God, protect them. God, give them clarity and wisdom. God, we just want, but we want to ask that you would intervene, God, that you would bring this to an end. We pray all these things knowing and believing that you hear us. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, continue to keep a, a watch out on all of our stuff. Uh, feed, online, newsletter. They'll kind of help you keep updated. And, uh, and we'll see you. I'm not sure we'll see you again. Uh, jump on the podcast. That'll be a daily, every day during the week. And, uh, and hopefully we'll see you there.